Welcome to the Cocktail Guru Podcast. A show about food, drink, and entertainment. With a tight focus on the good life. And all things delicious, luxurious, and fun. I'm Jonathan Pogash, bartender, author, and the host of Cocktails the Grand Tour. And I'm Jeffrey Pogash, wine and spirits professional, author, insatiable collector of culinary ephemera, and so people tell me, an engaging raconteur. And my dad. Well, here we are, another episode of the Cocktail Guru Podcast. Dad, you are looking uh, well and fit. Thank you, Jonathan. This is a very exciting podcast today. We I'm, have an extremely special guest. I'm, I'm very, I, I'm very excited about it. Um, and I'd like to pour myself a little bit of a drink. And I think you've already poured yourself one. Yes, well. I have. So I've got a little uh, Baron Jaeger honey liqueur, which is quite nice and works extremely well in cocktails, but I'm just going to have a little sip of it with, um, uh, without any ice. I think you've got some ice in yours, right? Now. I always love to add an ice cube into mm. my drink, and especially when it comes to Baron Jaeger. So it's they, delicious. They it's honey have, liqueur. Yes. Wonderful. They also have a honey and bourbon, which is the one that I have here, which is going to hold on a second. Let me take a little sip. Hold on. Dad, mm. hold on. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Cheers. It's nice. Cheers. Well, um, so uh, without further ado, we should bring on our guest. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. He is a celebrity wedding planner, a party planner, a bridal fashion designer, a professional speaker, but that doesn't cover it. He's really a motivational and inspirational speaker. He has been called one of the industry's greatest artistic visionaries, best known for the extravagant, lavish weddings he plans for the celebrity set. And his name is known to many millions of people out there. It is David Tutera. Welcome, David. Why, thank you for that wonderful introduction. And more importantly, the comical exchange the two of you had with your drink (laughs) and your ice cubes. I love it. I wish I had a drink with you, but I don't. But thank you for having me. Well, next time we'll make sure you have a drink. No, don't you I worry. I never fail with drinks. No, <laughs> that's, that is a fact. And that I know from firsthand experience, which we'll talk about later. But um, before we start, we always ask our guests um, this one question. So you ready, David? Yeah, please. Okay. It, it's, not, it's not difficult. What is your desert island drink? My that is if you're stuck. Yeah, if you're stuck on a and, desert and, island, what is that one drink you want to have? I it, and it can be it's, anything. It's very simple for me. It's actually not even a mixed cocktail. It would be bourbon on the rock. Fantastic rock ball. That's that's it. I mean, that's my go-to wherever I am, including a deserted island. Well, you can't get better than that. No, I love that too. Bourbon and ice cube and yes, boy, very refreshing. A little lime, delicious. A little bit of some just a teeny mm. bit of lime. Mm. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Nice touch. A little, little touch of citrus. Interesting. Yes. Uh-huh. Fantastic. That's good. Well, that is uh, something that we are going to uh, continue drinking on and on and on. And uh, we'll probably use that in our next podcast. <laughs> um, David, you happen to be one of the foremost party planners, wedding planners, fashion designers of our time. Um, how did you create this David Tutera empire well, that you have? How did it all start? 
Well, you know, it started a really long time ago. I started when I was 19. I'm far from that now. And it was just a moment in time where someone asked me to do a bar mitzvah for someone. Um, and I, I didn't really know what a bar mitzvah was. I didn't come from just that part of the side of the, of, of the, of the road. And I did the job and realized, wow, you can make some money from creating a party for somebody. Like that seems to me kind of crazy. And the, 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 the steps I took leading from that moment sort of became this introduction to me as someone that became the person that did bar and bat mitzvahs in Westchester County, right outside of New York city. And, um, I just began to build this little teeny little reputation of doing parties. And it went from bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, labrises, weddings. I was, I was like the go-to person in the hold, Jewish community. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. So yeah. planning, let's just go back to the bris thing. Well, um, so it, like what, 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 what goes into planning a, a bris? I mean, like the position, this is where the baby is being held. This is where the rabbi will stand. This is where the scalpel is. Uh, what, what's, yeah, what's I didn't get deal? anywhere around that part, but I did okay. make it look pretty. So when the first time, Jonathan, when the very first time someone asked me to do a bris, well, let me go backwards for just a second, because it's funny. You ask this Roman Catholic kid, right, 19, to do a bar mitzvah. The first thing is I didn't have to spell a bar mitzvah. I didn't know what a bar mitzvah was. I had to call my Jewish friend for help. And then I get segued into brisses. And then when I found out what that was, I was like, you got to be kidding me. So all I know is, is that I became the guy that was the guy that brought people together to have fun to celebrate, to create beauty. And it didn't make a difference what the category was. I mean, I even did a divorce party for a client. So, you know, if there's a party to be made and somebody wants to hire me and I, and, and it's a great fit for them and myself, that's how I began my business. I mean, you asked how I started. I actually started by accident and it turned into a life, life, lifelong career. And what was, um, I'm also fascinated. I'm still fascinated by by bris and bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah specifically because I remember my bar mitzvah, and and it was quite a it was quite an affair. You know, it was at it was in suburban New Jersey. It was at a country club, and my my theme was movies. So I remember with my family, my parents, we 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 would um, scavenge blockbuster video stores yes. for the movie posters and for the stand up things, <laughs> um, and we had those all around, but. I mean, you must have, there must have been some insanely extravagant uh, bar and bat mitzvahs because oh, I mean, it, it's a mini wedding. It, it is a mini a, wedding. Sometimes it's, a, it's even bigger than a mini wedding. Uh, you know, depending <laughs> on whom your client is, it, it sort of depends on exactly what it is you're looking for. It's funny. I, I had done, uh, I was a B'nai mitzvah. So it was a set of twins, right? So I did this in Westchester County and my client, um, had read about me and called me up. This is years ago, years ago. And he, he and she, the mom and dad said, we want something over the top. We want it in an unexpected location and we want our headline performer to perform for our daughters. Here's the funny thing. So I went and I rented out Westchester County airport hangar and we moved the airplanes out. We used the hangar <laughs> at the facility for the event and the father of the of the of the of the um, twins said, "I need you to go rent or go go contract the village people." And I and I kept saying to my client, 
I don't think the girls are going to know who the village people are. But he said, you have to get the village people. So I got the village people. Village oh, people man. came. Wow. Formed on mm. the stage and everyone in the, in the room of the age of 13 had no idea who the village people were. No. The parents were the ones that oh, were yeah. blown away. See, it was about the parents. Of course. It's always about the parents. Always about the parents. The kids. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And how did you transition from doing a bris, a bat mitzvah, a bar mitzvah, into doing parties and weddings, but celebrations of all kinds for Wow, Lil' Kim, Brandy, RJ, Vanessa Williams? I know that the, the list is endless, I'm yeah. sure. Yes. Um, you know, it, it took time. I... I I think the first 10 years of my career, I was still trying to say, I don't know what I'm doing in my head, right? I thought I could figure this out. And I always did. But as my career continued to grow, the accolades became bigger and bigger. And then I remember it was probably 2001. Um, you'll appreciate this story because of what you all do for a living. I was asked to go on to television on The View on ABC. And the only reason why I was asked to go on that show was to promote my first book that I had written. And the only ask that they wanted me to do on that show, on The View, was to come on for five minutes and to make five specialty drinks for all five of the women at the same time. Now, mind you, that was Barbara Walters, that was Star Jones, Meredith Vieira, Elizabeth Hasselbeck, Joy Behar. They all like to talk a lot, right? So here I am trying to be able to become a mixologist. I'm not a bartender. I'm not what you guys do. I'm a, an entertainer of creating great parties, but I pull it off literally so flawlessly that I became the entertaining expert for The View for five consecutive years, which that's what really catapulted me into you know, a, a name. And then I began getting my own television shows and writing more books and becoming more not known around the, not just the country, but globally. And here I am today doing events just about everywhere that someone will bring me. And I saw that segment on The View. I did see No, it. did you not? Really? I did. Yes, I did. Uh, I, I'm a great TV watcher, so wow. I remember that segment very well. But were you living in New York at the time, or were you in Los Angeles? No, I was in New, living in New York City. I was living down in Soho. Um, I had um, very little business, wrote a book. Like I said, and you know, it just it just took off from there. And I didn't move to Los Angeles until uh, maybe fourteen or thirteen years ago, when one of my very successful television shows was renewed for another season with a larger quantity of episodes. And they said to me, David, listen, I have great news. We've, we've upped you for more episodes, another season, but I'm giving you an option. You can either film your new next season in New York, Dallas or in Los Angeles. And I am a New Yorker. I've lived my whole life in New York. So I thought, wow, maybe this is just some, a, a time for me to change my life. And I picked LA, knew nothing of LA, nothing. Like literally knew nothing. And I've been, I've been here since. And you haven't regretted a thing, have you? Well, I, well, sure. you know, the fires and earth, earthquakes. Oh, yes, yeah, that's true. Natural that's disasters. True. That's one of the reasons why I live in this little corner of New Jersey that I particularly love, was born and raised here, and kept looking for places as I traveled that might be better suited 
to my life. Yeah. I could never come up with anything because the weather here is so good. Yeah. There are no major catastrophes. No, that where is I live. that is very, very true. However, so, when I now living here, I really do appreciate the the space that we have and the weather, which is remarkable. Um, I've got two wonderful children and a husband. So we, I, I am, I look out my window right now, right from where I am talking with you. And it just reminds me of each time I go back to New York, how cold I am and how tough it is for me. Yeah. So um, I'm happy. I was, right? al- although I was, I was in LA last week. Um, it's cold. David, it was cold and fo- I was in Santa Monica and it was foggy yeah. like hell. It was, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Well, today so, it was uh, it was forty four degrees when I woke up this morning. I took oh, my oh, kids to forty four. That, that's what it was here. Yeah, I know. yeah. Oof. So anyway, you've had this great string of TV shows. I have the Party Planner, Get Married, My Fair Wedding, David Tutera Unveiled, Celebrations, and the, the yeah, big and one. The big one. Honestly, my great big yeah. live wedding. Yes. My Fair Wedding was the big one, yeah? That was the one that had the longest shelf life. I think I did, oh gosh, hundreds. I know hundreds of episodes, which was a course of several seasons. I think it was seven or eight seasons. So yeah, that was the longest strength and length of, of one show. But my great big live wedding is probably the most moving of all the shows that you've done, correct? Emotionally moving? It was really emotional. We took stories out of the news that happened to couples um, in their lives, and then we gave them the wedding that they never were able to have for a variety of different reasons. Um, And it was a hard show. It was a hard show, obviously, because it was live. And it was a hard show because it was also emotional. And it was also third. It was a hard show because it was all across the entire United States. So we were bouncing all over for two years to shoot like nine episodes. So the the quantity of time it took me to execute that one particular show was probably the hardest show of all the shows I've done. And that's why at the beginning, during your introduction, I had to call you a motivational and inspirational speaker because you are here to, I can tell because I've seen heard your lectures, you're here to inspire as many people as you possibly can. Thank you. I appreciate that. That is one of my um, missions right now for, for myself personally and for, for people in general. You know, we created, my husband and I created the David Tutera experience, um, I think just now six, six, possibly seven years ago. And which is where I met Jonathan. You know, we, we, we brought together um, this wonderful group of educators at every one of our DTEs. Um, the attendees are typically people in our industry, could be a mixologist, could be an owner of a company, could be a designer, or any, any facet. It could be someone coming just to listen and learn if they want to be in the business. And I lead with inspiration and motivation as you share. And I always make sure that people understand the importance of stepping forward in life with positivity. Um, and each of these David Tutera experiences allow our attendees and our educators to leave after three days of seeing something different in their perspective of their minds and hearts. And it's mm-hmm. fascinating. It really shifts people's insight to where, what, where they are now and where they want to be tomorrow. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I thought I thought it was a wonderful experience and being able to meet all of those industry professionals. We did we did that experience in Newport. Um, and, you know, you you give you provide to them um, not only the education and the inspiration that I think we're all looking for, that they're all looking for, but also you give back the experience that you the experience that you give to your clients. You show them what you can do and what you do and what a David Tutera event can look like because we did it at um, a beautiful venue and you actually had it had that event all set up as if it were you know a a, a this ginormous extravagant thing. Thank you. Yeah, I think that was at Castle Hill Inn. That's right. Um, yeah. And it was a beautiful property. And every night, every night that we do these events, we we elevate them each evening. And one of the favorite things to do is to curate entertainment. And I remember night two at Belmera in in um, in Newport, we had Mandy Harvey who was on AGT, and I love to bring these special surprise performances to our attendees because it's about learning, right? But you also need to experience through life. You can't really just come up one day and say, I want to be an event planner or a designer or a mixologist or a fireman or whatever it might be. You have to understand why you want to be that and how do you be the best version of what you are and who you are. Yeah. And I think it's rare. I think it's rare for people in in our industry, in the event industry, in the restaurant world, bar world, to actually um, be immersed in an event that we all spend so much time producing and, you know, we're, we're on, we're all in the back of house, but you were allowing them to be in the front of house. Um, and on the other side of the the bar, as we say in the industry, but um, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, and you do, you, you've been doing these all across the country. Is that right? We have, and we have our next one coming up uh, March 21st, 22nd, 23rd. We're headed to Jamaica. Oh, um, I know. And we have a great lineup and a great, series of educator actually i think it might be the best series of educators that i've ever had um so we're really working hard on that one and that this will be our seventh or eighth i always lose track but we have a, a, a great 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 setup for our jamaica dte well you i studied philosophy in college but you here we go here are we the go are the philosophy. embodiment of a practical philosopher I mean, inspirational, motivational. I love when you say surround yourself with people who believe you are great because you are great. That's right. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, you know, it's it's interesting. I think over the course of at least my career, I always can say that when you lead with kindness and you lead with positivity and you believe both of them to be accurate, correct? And, and you lead with those two just simple things, which I find often unseen often too much. But when you lead that way, I think so much it comes back in return and you give so much to other people that are not expecting it. It's fascinating. You know, even my husband and I do the same thing. We always lead with our children by telling them something important and letting them know to make one person smile. That simplicity of that action changes a variety of different things on someone. And it, it's, it's I think, a better way to lead than to lead with being um, aggressive or demanding. Those things work for people, right? They do work, but it doesn't serve its purpose well for everyone. That was your husband Joey's philosophy to life, correct? 
make yeah. w- at least one person smile every day. That's correct. And yes. it trickles it's down beautiful. and it just expands. Yeah. It's contagious. It is contagious. It's a good, that's the only way I could say contagious as a good thing right there. Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Yes, and how, how is your family doing? How are Joey and Cielo, Cielo good. and Cielo, Gracie? Gracie's going to turn three yeah. in just a couple weeks. Cielo is uh, eight and we are loving our lives here. We're very, it's interesting. We're really quiet, the four of us. We, we don't typically throw ourselves out into the world. We do our jobs and then we just remain in this like little bubble that we've created over these, over these several years. And how old, how old are the kids? Uh, Ciela's eight and Gracie is three. We have a, we have an eight and 10 year old. Nice. uh, Benjamin and Juniper. And um, yeah, you know, uh, kid life, right? Kid life (laughs) uh, is, is definitely a real thing. Not anything you would expect it to be before uh, having kids. (laughs) Um, it's the same with same with marriage you know it's like all of these things it's like oh marriage it's it's amazing there are obviously uh, trials and tribulations when it comes to living with somebody and having having that relationship and maintaining it and then you have kids and you throw that into the mix yes it is very true it's funny over the course of the past two years and here we've been living in this odd world that we've been living in right so mm, yes. i always turn to my husband and i turn to the kids and i'm like okay we have i think i'd consider enough room for four of us right why are we we're, we're like a pack of four we move it's a pack of four and then we have two little dogs and they join in so there's a pack of six and we're moving in this like little group in this, all this outdoor space we have and inside space. And I said to Joey, you might as well go back to New York and live in a one-room studio because we're just <laughs> moving around like this. Right. I, I do have a question. I watched your wedding. Yes. And it was beautiful. Thank just you. beautiful. Dad, dad, does, dad does quite a bit of research. He's um, good. He's, he's really good. And he needs to win some sort of award uh, for, for podcasting. That's all I have to say. Well, you know well, what it is, is actually. He, I could tell by just. I don't have never met you, right? But I'm seeing right. Right you now and talking with you right now. He cares. Caring is much different than getting content because you need it. He cares about it. Then he has the content. I do care. That's yes, true. And the question I had about the wedding was, did you plan it yourself? Yeah, I did, and I'll never do that again. Well, hopefully, I thought maybe you would have had somebody else plan no, it. Hopefully, you no, would do it again. No, meaning I'll, I married. I, it was an amazing wedding, but I would never, ever. If someone said to me tomorrow, you know, David, I think you need to do a redo. And if you need to do your wedding over again, I need you to do it next month. I'd be like, I'm out. I was so stressed. I was so overwhelmed. People had high, high expectations between press and TV and friends and business associates. It was just. It was one of those things where it was just too much, but I enjoyed every single second of once it started. It's, it's, it's just leading up to it and um, making sure everything is in tip top shape. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I can only imagine what were some, uh, what were not to relive the the stress points, but what were, what was a stress point that come that sticks out? You know what it was? It was actually, I think, we have you have to hire vendors, right? So you're hiring these vendors, and I didn't really think about it this far through. But the vendor you're hiring is having to now service me, so all of them are so nervous. So sometimes nerves set up for 
mistakes or they mm-hmm. second guess themselves and they oh, sure. something differently sure, to make right. it better. So it was a lot of that na- for me, it was a lot of navigating. Everything went flawlessly, but it was always having to check in and make sure, did you understand that this was the concept or did you show me something different because you're trying to show me something different? So it was a lot of repeat dialogue over overstated conversations, but it all worked. And it was, again, it was one of my most favorite days of my life. And was the reception at the Roosevelt? It looked like the Roosevelt. It, and it looks, looks like the Roosevelt. It's the yeah. Biltmore Hotel in oh, downtown. Oh, the Biltmore. Oh, I love, yes, I love that too. The, mm-hmm. um, it's funny you ask that question because the Roosevelt was one of our picks, but we had 300 people and it wouldn't have fit at the Roosevelt. Uh, it fit at the Biltmore. I spent a good amount of time in both places. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was in both historic yeah. places. Roosevelt yeah. is great. There's... um. Uh, that that cocktail bar bowling alley yes. in there. I, I love LA. LA is amazing. And when I was there, well, I was in Santa Monica um, doing this hospitality conference. Um, but you know, you mentioned living out there versus living in on the East Coast or in New York City, and it is it is two different worlds. And I actually I, I like living in the Northeast, Dad, just like you were saying. Um, you know, and I remember growing up, you would you would tell us that you'd say, you know, Dad would travel a lot during during our, our childhood. And, and, um, you know, he would say, Oh, I'm going, you know, looking at, looking at other places, maybe these are, these are places for us to live, but I just love where we live. (laughs) But I'm going to revise what I said earlier. There is one place where I could live very easily. Where would that be? The hotel Bel Air. Oh, well, that's just the best. Primarily I'm thinking of the old Bel Air. Before they renovated it. Before renovation. I agree. I have a really funny story for you, so you'll appreciate this. I barely, rarely tell it, but it's great for you because it, it does revolve around a drink. So we were, I was sitting, seated at the lounge chair. So I was by myself at that time, and I was sitting by the pool, and I heard in the distance from several lounge chairs over, I heard the voice. And it was a voice that was in the media, I know who that is. And it was Lauren Bacall. Lauren Bacall was three three lounge chairs over and I didn't want to stare because I knew I just knew it was the wrong thing to do but I kept peeking over and I kept watching her she kept having the she had this one very specific wait waiter a young guy come over and constantly pouring her drink she was constantly having a drink she had this little white like tiny little dog that when she would go to go in the pool, she get to the end of the pool and the waiter would carry the drink with him to the end of the pool, put a towel down. She'd step on the towel, put her bathing cap on. She'd take a sip of the drink, which I was dying to know what the drink was, hand the drink to the waiter. She'd jump in the pool, dive. The little dog would follow her on the outside (laughs) of the pool. She got to the other side of the pool. Another towel went down and a drink went back into her hand. I was, wow. it was like a, it was like a well-orchestrated, orchestrated ballet. I was so mesmerized by it, but I finally sat up and I thought, I'm just going to watch it because it was a show. It was so fabulous. Wow. Wow. What well, was my, that drink? What I don't was know. Do you want to know? I'm dying. I, to I need to, was it in a martini glass? Please. No, it was a anything. high tumbler. It was a high, it was a high tumbler with a lot of ice. I don't, I, I, I'm thinking she was drinking gin on the rocks. That would be my guess. Mm. That, yes. That yeah that that checks out. I would say if it, if it was gin on gin on the rocks, I would say that 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 makes sense. It was so cool. Well, 
Well, my Hotel Bel Air pool story involves Leonard, oh, Nimo- Leonard Nimoy. Oh, okay. That's- well, he lived right there. He did. He lived yeah, in the hills did. just above the Bel Air. Yes. And this was after one of the earthquakes or mudslides uh-huh. that happened. And he had to leave his home. And he spent, I don't know, a couple of months living at the Bel Air. Wow. And I, just- I, did a, I did a party for uh, Prince Charles at the Bel Air. And I did a party for Nancy Reagan at the Bel Air. I used to run into her as well, Mrs. Reagan. Yeah, yeah, yeah great. Play. I did a number of events there myself. Not like yours, not extravagant events, just very low key, but they were wonderful. And the other story is about Maggie Smith, who I was able to meet and speak oh, with briefly wow. while wow. I was checking in at the Bel Air. Yeah, that's awesome. Great cool. memories. Great memories. I need to go there for brunch. It's a great brunch spot. Well, next time, next time I'm in town, maybe Dad will be in town too, and we'll, we should meet there for brunch. That you that that's a deal. That is a date. Yep, that would be a lot of fun. We would love it. We'd love it, David. Um, so, you. so David, you said next next up, you have that the Jamaica DTE uh, yes. David Tutera experience. What's uh, anything on the books uh, coming up after that, or for the next year, or any any oh, more man, TV? Oh my what's, gosh! What's so happening? We are working on. Uh, a, Probably the this is the most epic project that I've had in my entire career that I was awarded a couple months ago. We're doing a 100th, 100th celebration of a massive corporation in June that'll take place over a course of three days in, I think it's, we're up to now nine cities. So uh, across the United States. Wow. And um, bringing in major headline performances, uh, one of the events will be 37,000 people. The, one of the events is 1,000. Another event is 200 for high execs. It's just, it's just, just came on. And we are, when I say knee deep, we are head deep in the execution, logistics, security, design, all of it. It's very, very exciting. And I am incredibly excited and proud that we were awarded this project. That's amazing. Congratulations on that. When you execute the uh, David Duterte experience, does that include, um, I I know it includes lectures, motivational speaking on your part, but doesn't include other things as well, entertaining and meals. It includes sort of an overview. So when you arrive, you have breakfast, lunches, and dinners provided to you. The dinners, of course, are served at each of these surprise locations which are the events and every event has uh, brilliant cuisine, wonderful entertainment, beautiful decor. Um, every morning, Joey um, teaches yoga for those that choose to want to come early in the morning and do yoga. Um, then you've got during the days um, educational sessions. So all of our educators are in one location, um, strong, powerful and brilliant people that come on to the stage and they're not necessarily in our industry, which is intentional, they are people that can actually lift, lift you up and send you forward with more tools than you typically would get if you were going to, let's say, a special events conference. Um, this gives you a more well-rounded perspective, and it sends you home with a completely different perspective of your life. It's wonderful. I would love to attend. We'd love to have you. 
Thank you. Well, David, I wish we had more time, but uh, we are just at the end here of our podcast episode. And if you have uh, the need for some cocktails and mixology in the future, please do feel free to reach out. Would love it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, we'd be glad to make cocktails for you and Joey. Oh, thank you. And we'd, yes. sure. we'd, and we'd be doubly as glad to enjoy them. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, it's a they, deal. Thank you. It's been a delight. Uh, it was great to meet you several months ago as well in Newport. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll catch up at for brunch at the Hotel Bel Air. That would be a joy. Thank you for having me on and thank you for doing what you all do. And, and by the way, thank you for making this fun. Sometimes these are not fun and you made it really enjoyable. Oh, Good. well, it's fun, always fun for us. And thank you, Good. David, for taking the time to, to spend with us. Yes. Good. Thank you. Take care. That does it for today's show. To learn more about future guests, visit thecocktailguru.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. The Cocktail Guru podcast is produced by First Real Entertainment and distributed by Eats Drinks TV, a service of the Center for Culinary Culture, home of the Cocktail Collection, and is available via Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, and wherever fine podcasts can be heard.